Welcome to the week three review and uh, waiver wire episode. A pretty crazy week in fantasy football this week. Um, we started off uh, in Miami. Miami 21, Buffalo 19. Uh, Bills were big road favorites in this one. Caleb, uh, what did you have on this one? Yeah, Miami gets the win. They're 3-0. Buffalo, who looked almost unbeatable, takes their first loss of the year. Josh Allen, another big game, 400 yards, two touchdowns. He threw the ball 63 times, which just reinforces what we've been talking about this whole time. The Bills don't care about running the ball. Um, he had eight carries on the ground, too. Uh, did fumble three times, but only one was recovered by um, the Dolphins. Tua got banged up in this one. I mean, he got his bell rung, and then for whatever reason, they just – Ignored the concussion protocol, put him back in. He only finished with 186 yards and a touchdown. Chase Edmonds found the end zone twice. He only had six carries, but still a pretty nice fantasy day from, from those two touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary, who I did not start in my flex, um, naturally had nine catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, wide receivers were mostly quiet in this one. Isaiah McKenzie led the way for Buffalo. He had seven catches for 76 and a tud. Waddle only had four catches, but did rack up 102 yards. Um, big seven catches for 74. Tyreek Hill, super quiet game, which hurt me. He only had two catches for 33 yards. Um, so not uh, certainly not some of the gaudy fantasy numbers that I think a lot of us were expecting from this one, especially from the the star players. Obviously, Edmonds and Singletary had nice days, but um, yeah, Miami Miami takes the win. They're uh, they're three and zero. Yeah, important note. Uh, it was like over a hundred degrees on the field in Miami, so every skilled player was like dead cramping just looked like Gabe Davis looked like he was just gonna curl up and take a nap um so definitely probably a factor there um Chase Edmonds if you have him on your roster I would go to the dumbest person in the league and ask if they would like a opened but not played with Chase Edmonds this week um Carolina, New Orleans, I don't know that anybody was tuning into this one at the 1 o'clock slate, but Carolina takes it 22-14. Um, that's a little bit of a surprise to me, Luke. Uh, what would you have in this one? Yeah, I mean, the Panthers' defense kind of just shut Jameis down. Jameis did throw 353 yards, but he's playing with a broken back, which I don't, I don't understand that one. But, like... <laughs> Anyone on the Saints offense that's not named Chris Olave really didn't do anything this week, and that includes Alvin Kamara, which very much upsets me because I have him in one of my leagues, and he is very much pissing me off. But he's he was limited. He saw some targets in the backfield. If you're in a PPR league, he saw, I think, seven targets. So that's a little more hopeful for you than it has in the past weeks. Obviously, he didn't play last week, but the week before, he did absolutely nothing, too. So I think if you're looking to get someone for a low price, someone who has the upside, like Alvin Kamara, I would definitely look for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas came out of this game. He also got hurt, another toe injury. 
And of course, it's always the stupid injuries with Michael Thomas. But um, he's apparently not expected to miss any time. So Michael Thomas could still be in starting lineups for that touchdown upside, um, depending on the matchup, obviously. Um, but yeah, and the story of this game really was the Panthers' defense. They had a forced fumble, fumble recovery, two interceptions, and one of the fumble recoveries got returned for a touchdown from Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, the defense looked good. As far as the offense for Carolina, CMC didn't do terrible. And at least standard leagues put up 11 and a half, which isn't too bad. But um, he's had a lot of open runs. So a few of those break-in touchdowns, you should see a lot more points for CMC. And hopefully he gets even more touches as the weeks go by, make sure he stays healthy and all that kind of stuff. And obviously CMC is a must-start every week. Um, and then the receivers for Carolina, you had DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I was never really high on DJ Moore this season anyway. Because with Baker throwing him the football, Baker's not the greatest quarterback. Um, DJ Moore really hasn't put up numbers anyway. So it's not a surprise for me to see them not do well, him and Robbie Anderson. Um, but like I said, they didn't. They only threw around for 100 yards without like the big touchdown to LaVisca Chenault. Um, obviously, Chenault is, had the touchdown in this game. I wouldn't look for him either anyway. Just because he had a touchdown, I wouldn't put him on your radar. Um, really, anyone on the Panthers' offense that's not named CMC, I wouldn't really be even starting, not even DJ Moore. So, Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see DJ Moore hitting the waiver wire tomorrow pretty, pretty hard. Um, seems like it's time to maybe move on from him. But CMC owners, I mean, you're seeing that nice, really solid floor for him, not what you're hoping for with him i mean you're hoping for that ceiling but you know you're never going to complain about a guy getting you 11 points a week i mean almost every week so um next game was Bengals jets um stop me if you've heard this before but joe flacco threw the ball 176 times in this one um they I actually think Allen threw the ball more than Joe Flacco, but um, not a whole lot to say here. Like some some things to point out. Burrow looked better, but it's the Jets, so does that really count? Um, Mixon did not look better. Twelve carries for twenty four yards. Now I did have him in a parlay, so like maybe I guaranteed that he wouldn't do anything, but. Um, that's a little bit worrisome. Tyler Boyd, 105 yards and a touchdown. Now, one of those was a super long bomb. So, without that, I think I think it was like a 70-yarder. So, he's like at 30 yards and nothing. So, um, he's not the type of guy that's going to get those bombs multiple times in a season. You can't expect. Um, T. Higgins was the real star in this one. Um had 90 yards, he got hurt again, came back. He had so nearly an incredible touchdown catch. Um, would have been looking at a huge week. Um, and the Jets really couldn't do much. Garrett Wilson got hurt and left the game, came back. Um, you pretty much caught a fat L if you played anybody on their team except uh, Greg Zerline, who hit all four of his field goals and had 18 points in fantasy, which you'll always accept 
uh, from your kicker. Um, next up is Baltimore. This was my personal favorite line on the week. Um, they were only a couple point favorites against the Patriots. It was closer than I thought. Uh, Baltimore ends up taking it 37-26. Caleb, uh, pretty high scoring game here. Yeah, this is starting to be a theme with the Ravens. Like we know what their offense can do. Their defense is certainly not the Ravens defense of old. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of these shootout type games um, for them going forward. But thankfully they have Lamar Jackson playing quarterback and he's been far and away the best player in fantasy, regardless of what format you play this year. Um, he went nuts again, only throws for 218 yards, but four touchdowns, um, carries it 11 times on the ground for 107 yards and another touchdown, uh, just a monster week after he just completely dominated new England last week. Um, so obviously if you have him on your roster, he's a must start. It doesn't matter who he plays at this point. Uh, new England was supposed to be a pretty, <laughs> pretty good defense uh as was miami last week and he's just torn them both apart in back-to-back weeks so you've got to play this guy if you've got him regardless of what your other options are at quarterback um mark andrews is clearly the best option at tight end in fantasy right now he had eight catches for 89 yards caught two touchdowns um guys an insane like downfield threat uh, for a tight end, particularly, I think I saw a stat that he's like second in the NFL and targeted air yards or something, which as a tight end is just bananas. Um, other Ravens Dobbins played in this one. He wasn't overly effective. They also didn't give him very many touches. He only carried it seven times. Uh, Duvernay had a nice touchdown catch in the back corner of the end zone. Um, Bateman was quiet. Again, this guy's not a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, unless your league is like unreasonably deep. Um, he does have that big play potential, so he might be worth slotting in here and there. But um, this guy isn't somebody that's going to put up 12 to 15 points for you every week because he's just too streaky. Mac Jones uh, looked bad again. He also had a high ankle sprain looks like he'll miss a couple weeks not that that really matters because you shouldn't be rostering mac jones anyways um other patriots Devonte parker actually put together a nice game he had five catches for 156 yards uh for the patriots um basically the only thing they could do through the air was to throw to him um and ramondre stevenson had a nice game too 12 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown also caught four passes out of the backfield um the thing that's frustrating with him is like the thing that's frustrating about every new England running back is like, they really just do it by committee. So like Stevenson will have a really good game this week. Next week he won't get the ball and it'll be all Damian Harris. Um, so it's like in my mind, like really hard to start either of those guys. So just like a side note there, but um, again, Baltimore takes this one 37, 26. If you have Lamar, if you have Mark Andrews, put him in your lineup every week and forget about it. Yeah, I, I noticed that from the box score as well. Like, Stevenson and Harris both scored, but, like, in a game where they were having success running the ball, you want to see them each getting, like, up 18, 20 carries. Um, and 12 carries, you just, if that's all the volume they're going to see, they're just unstartable. You can't, you can't put them in. Um, 
I think people will be looking at them. Those guys have probably hit the waiver wire by now, so maybe you look to pick them up. Um, we'll, we'll touch on that more later. Um, another, the second week in a row, correct me if I'm wrong, the Eagles scored 24 points in the first half and didn't score in the second half. Allie, uh, 24 to 8 Eagles over the football team commanders uh what happened in this one yeah so the other day caleb had said that um carson wentz is not the guy that you want in a revenge game and that was confirmed um he was sacked like nine times no touchdown throws a fumble i mean the guy was just getting beaten up and like to say nine sacks is one thing but he was just they were just destroying and the eagles defense was getting through the line they were the commanders just didn't look good um, I mean, the Eagles defense, though, they did great. Nine sacks, two forced fumbles, and they just beat up Carson Wentz. Um, on the commander's side, I mean, both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, they did okay. They got some points, um, but without the offense really getting going, they didn't put up very ma many fantasy points on that commander's offense um, outside of McLaurin and Gibson. Um, but the Eagles, oh, my God. I mean, Jalen Hurts out there looking like an MVP candidate, and especially in that first half. Like you were saying, they were just they were scoring. He's throwing the ball over the place, running the ball. Um, Devonta Smith, he made his debut this weekend. A couple of amazing catches, and he had over 20 points. I have 22.9 in standard leagues that he got. And I know in most leagues he was on the bench just because he hasn't been getting very many points. So it hurts to see the guy that you – and maybe you were running out someone that only got five, like Tyreek, and you have Devonta Smith sitting there on the bench with 23. Um, Don't, but remind I, me. Don't remind me. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he really made a name for himself, and it, it looked to be pretty consistent. It wasn't just a couple bombs that he was catching. I mean, he was all over the field, so he's definitely earned himself a starting spot in a lot of leagues. Um, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard put up some fantasy points as well. Um, and I can say I can only imagine what the city of Philadelphia looked like on Sunday night because we know that there's a direct relationship between the amount of damage done throughout the city and how the Eagles play. So, especially in a revenge game like that with Carson Wentz coming back. And I think, I mean, it wasn't a away game, but something like this, they, I was listening to something, and they said something like over 20 buses came from just one company of, um, like they were setting up buses to go down and watch the game in Washington. It, like... One company was like, oh, we'll just bring down 20 buses full of people. And I'm sure that the commanders were really happy to see all those Eagles fans rolling in. Because they always tend to bring the party. I don't know how many commanders fans are left. But I'm guessing probably not very many. Um, another barn burner. Chicago and the Texans. Um, Chicago takes this one by a field goal. 23-20. Um... I faced one of the guys I played this week, played Justin Fields, which is a terrible idea. Um, the way I can convince you of that is that even the Bears don't want to play Justin Fields right now. So why would you want to play Justin Fields? Um, he had like less than one point. Like I was looking at his fantasy stats. He finished with like 0.94 points or something like that. It's like, how is that even possible? I played... Wentz because I have Herbert and I wasn't about that life and Wentz got nine points and I ended up getting like an advantage in QB I was like all right man um side note Jared Goff may be who we thought Carson Wentz was but 
we'll have to check on that later. Um, David Montgomery exits this one early. Khalil Herbert um, just is ridiculous. Um, if you're watching the usage and um, some of the more advanced stats so far this year, you kind of saw this guy coming a little bit. I actually picked him up last week. I know, humble brag. Um, 20 carries, 157 yards, and two TDs. The guy that's not even rostered in a lot of leagues ends up as the number one position player in fantasy. Um, ridiculous. He was part of my 82 points on my bench this week. Um, on the other side of the ball, Damian Pierce, as we talked about um, going into the games, this was like a good a good matchup for him on paper to get going. Um, and we kind of saw that. I mean, he carried the ball 20 times. Um, 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't think 80 yards is something to get really excited about, but um, 20 carries is awesome. And being able to get that goal line touch, get a touchdown for you. Um, you know, 14 points from a running back, you picked up fifth, sixth round. Um, I think you're pretty happy about that going forward. Um, I do worry a little bit about the Texans going forward, how often are they going to be able to actually run the ball 20 times? Um, I'm not sure. Um, not every team is the Bears, unfortunately, for your running backs. Um, Fields sucks. Um, I mean, we can get, like, can we just move on from, like, the rushing upside? Like, I might roster Trey Lance before I'd roster Justin Fields right now like and Trey Lance literally cannot get on the football field till next year like just for like a cheerleader I'd rather have Trey Lance um eight for 17 106 yards two interceptions uh and he fumbled twice um I would say filling out the stat sheet but like all of the good things are not filled out at all so only filling out the stat sheet selectively. Um, I can't imagine having anybody, like people that still have Darnell Mooney, get a grip, like come to your senses, realize that that was a stupid draft pick and just throw him in the trash. Like put him on the waiver wire and like cover him with like some leaves and just it can be a trap for one of your league mates. Like, hey, do you want to waste a roster spot on this guy for like three weeks and hope that he gets more targets than he's seen the entire year next week? Um, Davis Mills, uh, uh, not really anything to write home about. I believe he did turn it over in this game. Is that correct? Um, he, he fumbled a couple of times, I think. I think they only might have only recovered one of them, but I think he put it on the ground a couple of times. Not what you want to see. I mean, obviously, we know the Bears' defense is egregious. Um, so, not that we were recommending you start this guy, but um, keep an eye on that. Um, Cairo Santos for the Bears, 14 points um, coming out of the kicker spot. So, maybe a guy to keep your eye on there. Um, again, Major rushing game, not much else to write home about. We'll touch on Cleo Herbert uh, more later. Um, the Bears push this one at minus three, um, 23-20. Um, 
a game that you predicted you would lose money on, and you were correct, Caleb. Uh, Kansas City minus five and a half. Um, not only did they not cover, they did not win. Uh, Indianapolis beats Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I said I talked about it on whenever it was Friday, Saturday, I can't remember, but I said that this line was insane and I was going to bet it and it was going to lose. And that's uh, exactly what happened. The only, uh, I guess, solace that I can take is that I did sprinkle a tiny bit on Colts money line just because I figured if Kansas City didn't cover, there was probably a decent chance that they were going to lose if it was a close game. So that was... um, helped me heal my wounds a little bit but um yeah this was like a a, a surprise frankly to me i thought kansas city was a pretty good team i thought the colts were atrocious kansas city didn't look very good mahomes very quiet in this one only one touchdown and threw an interception in garbage time um but that still hurts you in fantasy clyde edwards alaire I carried it seven times for zero yards, but he does manage to get into the end zone again. Um, He's actually a nice back in the passing game. He caught all five of his targets, but like this guy doesn't really touch the ball enough to make me feel good about it. I mean, he's in my lineup every week because he's getting into the end zone. He's, he's got into the end zone all three weeks um, to this point, but the 12 total touches from a starting running back does not um, make me feel good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster actually got going in this one. Five catches for 89 yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey was sort of quiet, only four catches, but he did have a touchdown and a two-point conversion, so still a pretty nice day for him. Matt Ryan was Matt Ryan, 200-some yards and two touchdowns. He also fumbled twice. Um, John Taylor had another... Pretty quiet game for his standards. 21 carries for 71 yards. Still doesn't find the end zone. Um, We talked about this, but like I'm not overly worried about him. Uh, I would like to see the Colts lean on the run game a little bit more, particularly because their passing attack is so feeble. Um, So you'll remember last year, like we were seeing John Taylor get like 30, 35 carries. Um, in some games, like in my mind, that's really the recipe for them to be successful. Uh, and we haven't seen that so far. Um, other players, Michael Pittman, he did fine. He had eight catches for 72 yards, nothing to write home about, but, um, a decent day for him. And Jelani Woods for the Colts tight end, uh, was the touchdown merchant of the week. He had two catches for 13 yards and two touchdowns, um, so the guy was literally targeted twice, caught him both, both touchdowns. He ends up putting up like 18 points um, for fantasy. So for the 0.01% of you out there that had this guy in your lineup, congratulations. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it, like big surprise in the the final result. Uh, Indy takes a 2017 over the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I think another thing, Juju had like an 80-yard touchdown as well that Mahomes just completely missed on. Um, so it would have been a monster game for him. I think that's, if you're a Juju believer, that's something to keep your eye on because this would be the week you want to pick him up. If he goes off next week, then everybody's going to be hitting him on the waiver wire. Um, so always 
keep an eye on those plays that almost happened if you were watching. Um, the Lions uh, are still the Detroit Lions, no matter how many good weapons they have on offense. Uh, they love to not give it to those weapons and find a way to lose. Allie, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Carter, I know you have some stuff that you want to say, so I'll leave a little extra time at the end for this one. Um, but for some reason, Dan Campbell does not like to use his best players. And I'm not sure if it's because he's just such a football guy that he doesn't believe in fantasy football. So he'll only give the ball to players that are only rostered in 9% of sleeper app leagues, like Jamal Williams. Um, he's just not a very started player. And that 9% is real from the sleeper app. Um, That's start percent, but, not, not start percent. Yeah, sorry. Right. Start percent is 9%. Um, yeah, not rostered, but yeah, for some reason he likes to give that guy the ball. Um, I mean, DeAndre Swift injury, but I mean, still he's your, he's your best running back and you're not going to use Amon Ra when he's so close to an NFL record. It just, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, but Dan, I got to tell you, you know, if you forget about your hatred for fantasy football, you might win the game. Um, came out short on this one, losing 24 to 28 to the the Vikings, I mean, on the Viking side, Kirk Cousins, decent game. Um, Dalvin Cook, decent game, but now he's hurt. Um, and for some reason, um, KG Osborne and Al Adam Thielen both performed a lot better than Justin Jefferson. So, you know, on the other side, they're not using their best players as well. So it was just kind of a weird game for fantasy. Um, your two best wide receivers not getting the points. But, um, yeah, Carter, I'll leave, leave the rest of the Lions up to you on this one. I mean, the only solace. This this is what happens in fantasy. Okay, you you're watching a game. You got players. They're not getting the ball, and then the team wins. And then you're like, God damn it! They played like idiots. They didn't give it to my guys, and they won. So what you want to happen is that they do all that, and then they lose. So I was like, Hey, at least they lost. Now like they gotta think. Hey, that game plan sucked. Maybe we should do something else. Um, I don't understand. They're running the clock at the end. Like, you can't throw two screens to Amon Ra. Like, this is an NFL record. I understand, like, you want to win the game, whatever. But, like, you're the Detroit Lions. Are you going to win the game? Probably not. Like, you're probably going to blow it. So, it just pissed me off. I wanted Amon Ra to get his catches more than anything. Apparently, Swift is just going to be dead the whole season. So, I'm pretty much over that. Um... I wish that I could delete Jamal Williams from the league as the commissioner just so that nobody could ever play him again because I hate that guy so much. Um, if you play him, I may or may not force edit your lineup after the kickoff. Um, Andy. It just... It, I don't know what to say. It, it was exasperating, especially because Williams got the touchdown at the beginning of the game, too. So it was before Swift was re-injured or whatever, um, which apparently it's a separate injury from his ankle now. Um, Vikings, Dalvin Cook hit sticks himself, dislocates his own shoulder off of his lineman. Um, that guy's shoulder is like... I don't even know. They're gonna it's get It's like him. Derek Rose's knee in basketball. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna get him his like Optimus Prime shoulder thing again, so like he'll be fine. 
um, last year when he put that on, he like went nuts. So like throw him in your lineup this week. Um, it's like basically a bionic shoulder. Like I'm pretty sure it like works like one of those like big ram bars on the front of the truck. Like you just like hammer people with it and they just like are dead. So um, probably throw him in with the with the bionic shoulder and he'll probably be better than normal because like he doesn't have to worry about his shoulder that's never in place coming out of place. Um, another one, not too interesting, not too much to say. Um, Henry owners kind of can take a deep breath. Luke, the, the Titans come off one of the worst performances. Uh, they beat the Raiders who paid Devonte Adams $7 trillion and are basically eliminated from playoff contention in week three. Yeah, I mean, if you have Derrick Henry, good for you. I mean, he had a touchdown. He had 53, 58 yards in the uh, in the passing game. And he had his, obviously not Derrick Henry yardage with 85, but he still had some yards. He found the end zone. You're happy that he got points this week. He didn't bust this week. So you're, you're chilling, at least for right now. Um, but... Devontae Adams, he's on pace for 17 touchdowns this year. Obviously not going to happen, most likely. I'm not going to say not because I love Devontae. But whenever Mac Hollins is getting eight catches for 158 yards and a touchdown, probably not going to happen. I mean, you pay Devontae so much money and he gets five catches. Now, I think he saw... He still saw some more targets, but Derek Carr can't hit him for some reason. Devontae is going home every game crying that he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. His fault, I don't know what he's doing. He's going to his Hall of Fame quarterback that's not even close to being almost a starter in the NFL. Um, if you had Josh Jacobs in this game, you're pretty frustrated with him so far this season. If you have anyone on the Raiders, you're pretty frustrated. I mean... Josh Jacobs, 66 yards rushing, 31 yards receiving. So he had close to 100 scrimmage yards, but he didn't find the end zone. So he's still not really playable yet um, until you see the Raiders' offense actually do something and, like, be on, like, par with each other. I'm not starting Josh Jacobs in any league unless you have to. Um, Same with Derek Carr. He did okay, 303 yards, two touchdowns, but – Derek Carr is not going to – he's going to have those games where he's going to have decent numbers, but if you watch the game, he didn't look good at all. So in the stat sheet, you might look, you might be like a fantasy beginner and be like, oh, Derek Carr had 300 yards and two touchdowns. He might be pretty decent. Don't play him. Unless he has a, a really good matchup against the worst team in the league, which is themselves, which <laughs> play, they can't play themselves. I wouldn't start him at all. In the Raiders scrimmage, you put him out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, same with, like, Matt Collins. Yeah, he had a huge game, but I wouldn't expect this to happen very often. You're going to see Derek Carr look for Darren Waller. You're going to see him look for Devontae. Um, this might actually help Devontae a little bit, um, seeing that there is another viable receiver on the Raiders. Um, they might not triple cover him every play. So maybe he will see some more yardage. Carr will actually be able to hit him in stride, and he might get those big plays that he's gotten in the past. 
but this game was just kind of a snoozer. Yeah, a couple things of note is, like, I've noticed that throughout Carr's career is, like, he's, like, he decides that, like, each game is going to be, like, this guy's game. Like, there was, like, games last year where Zay Jones had, like, 14 targets. It's like, dude, like, come on, that can't be the game plan. Like, you're ignoring Darren Waller to throw it to Zay Jones, um... And that's like Darren Waller had like 20 catches that one game. Right. All he did was target him. Well, that's like, what he did week one. He just, he had 17 he targets to Devontae Adams. And now he's just like, yeah, I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, I'm going to throw to Mac Hollins. Um, and the other thing was like, I, I think if you're a Henry owner, like you have to taper your expectations here a little bit because those 58 yards in the passing game is really not a part of his game. Like, you should not be viewing this as, like, a 20-point performance or whatever it was because we've seen throughout his career, he's not good. He's not even good at, catch, at like, physically catching the football. Like, he always bobbles it and stuff, let alone, like, catching screens out of the backfield. Like, I just can't imagine that he's going to have a that big of a role doing that um, in the future. I mean, if he gets the ball in his hands and gets to turn up field then maybe you know he he obviously has the potential after the catch but um we saw uh i can't remember his name their other running back that's hurt yeah hilliard was in that role in week one so uh, i don't know what the extent of his injury is but uh, when he comes back i would have to imagine that he'll be plugged back in there yeah, I think he played a little bit this week, but he was limited. So that's why Henry saw those five catches. And, like, gotcha. same with, like, Derrick Henry, he's probably the best running back in the league when you talk about skill. But when you're playing on a Tennessee Titans team where they can't move the ball, it's going to be a little scary. Like, obviously, if you're going matchup based with Derrick Henry, you're going to play him. And I know the whole thing about playing your stars and you got to play your first-round draft picks, but – you might have to look at matchups when you got Henry because Taylor Wan's out for the season now too. And that's probably one of the best linemen in the league gone. So I would just keep an eye on that too. Yeah, and hope they don't look as bad as they did against the Bills ever again. Um, Great week for uh, Jacksonville Jaguars minus 27.5 betters. Um, Show your tickets. Uh, Caleb, what in the hell? Yeah, Jags kind of take this one in a laugh or 30 to 10 over the Chargers. Um, Chargers fall to one and two, which I didn't see coming. I don't think too many people saw that coming. Um, Jags are two and one now and like might actually be a pretty good team. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked really good in this one. Three touchdown passes, spreading the ball around nicely, didn't turn it over. Justin Herbert was clearly injured i'm not really sure what the idea was playing him in that game uh he did not look like himself at all did manage to throw a touchdown but had an interception fumbled um just was clearly not at 100 percent. austin eckler um i mean if you spent a first round pick on this guy you are not feeling good right now he can't get going at all um and unfortunately there are coach i can't remember his name he did he looks like he has like eight different types of autism um he 
like he's not even trying to get him going. Like he had four carries in this game, and I get it's a blowout and like whatever, but if it's Austin Eckler and he's only carrying the ball four times out of the backfield. I mean, that's just insane. Um, he's still like productive in the passing game, I guess. Like he caught all eight of his targets, only went for 48 yards. So like, I mean, if you have this guy in fantasy, you're starting to get worried. I think, um, particularly because it doesn't seem like they're really scheming anything to like get him involved in the offense. And you talked about it previously but like uh who's the other freaking guy that's getting all the goal line touches sunny michelle um which is just like something that no one saw coming uh eckler was a touchdown machine last year and this year that it seems like they just don't want to give him the ball in the red zone um that's a story for another time uh on the jag side james robinson another nice game 17 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown uh, Zay Jones had 10 catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, for the Chargers, like I said, they couldn't really get a whole lot going through the air, only scored 10 points. Jordan Palmer did have another nice game. This is a guy you might want to look at on the waiver wire. It seems like him and Herbert have pretty good chemistry together, uh, particularly with Keenan Allen out for what looks to be a few more weeks, potentially. Um, and lastly, my guy, Mike Will, made it. Um, only had one catch, but it did go for a 15-yard touchdown, so he ended up doing okay this week. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're a Mike Williams guy like me, one catch is not gonna do the job most most weeks. So, um, but yeah, Jacksonville blows out the Chargers, 30 to 10. They're two and one. Yeah, apparently, uh, I don't know why. Like you said, I don't understand. Now that the Colts got themselves maybe figured out, I feel like the Chargers are the most intriguing team in the league right now in terms of, like, this is not what we thought we were going to see at all. Um, I would go so far as to say, if you drafted Austin Eckler, it's might be time to practice your high dive off a bridge. Um, this... It, it was so easy to fade him at that ADP because there's no way he's going to get 20 touchdowns again. But, like, you at the same time, you felt like he had that rock-solid floor in a high-powered offense. And now to see that they're not even, like you said, four carries in a game that Herbert's hurt. Like, if you're getting blown out, like, just hand him the ball 20 times and see if he could figure it out. Um, a, a buddy of mine texted me that he's a Chargers fan, and he said... At first, this season, I was thinking they were saving him for late in the season. But if you're getting blown out by the Jags, there's going to be nothing to save him for. Like, you have problems right now that need solved. And I don't, I'm not seeing much from them. This was supposed to be a high powered offense. They've scored like 20 some points in every game. Like, a big deal. We're just not seeing i mean i know the oc is under some fire maybe they'll get it figured out and figure out that like you know having herbert throw five yard slants makes no sense because he's the best passer in the league down the field um but just really worried um about the chargers as a whole because there's so many pieces of that offense floating around 
Yeah, I had pick five in one of our leagues, and I couldn't believe he was still there. I mean, Najee Harris went above him in this league, so if that's, I mean, that's a story for another time, but, like, I couldn't believe he was still there at five. I was so excited, and now I'm like, dang, I'm really happy I played the Eagles defense this week because they got me a whole bunch of points that Austin Eckler didn't, so it's one of those things. And it's so bad at this point, you can't get rid of him, so you just just sit there and throw a streamer in every week i guess and just pray (laughs) um rams cardinals uh probably closer than anybody was thinking um i guess the cardinals are gonna try to throw it to hollywood a hundred times a game and see if they can make something happen Allie, what what'd you have in this one yeah, that's kind of the summary I was thinking. I mean, throw it to him 100 times so he can start splitting that time with Hopkins when he gets back. Um, I mean, that'll really help them just with Hopkins' size and everything. Um, I mean, Marquise isn't really isn't really big. You're not going to get a lot of that blocking that you're going to get with Hopkins when he's back. But, I mean, if their defense didn't look as bad in this game as we've looked in a couple of the past games. I mean, they did have forced fumble, um, fumble recovery and um, – I mean, Cooper Cup did just fine, not the number one wide receiver this week, but we've talked about, you know, some of the number one wide receivers this week were really unexpected and not really started players. Um, He didn't get too many targets. He only got six targets. Um, But, I mean, I guess they got the win, so. Um, I don't know if I should even mention this guy, but Cam Akers, he did get 10 points, but it doesn't matter much because he's on everyone's bench, so he really got zero. Um, For the tight end position, Higby did just fine. He got six points. Um, which seems to be kind of league average for tight ends this year outside of Kelsey and Andrews and this week Kittle. Um, and yeah, the only wide receiver who really could make anything happen on um, on the Cardinals was was Hollywood Brown. So not much else to say there. I mean, James Conner, I know there were some talks about him being hurt. He did nothing, I think six points in standard leagues, but because he wasn't the touchdown merchant this week. The big... The amount of disrespect that my man Greg Dorch is receiving in the fantasy community is I forget him every time. It's beyond obtuse. The man is putting up numbers, all right? This, Single digits, man. Listen, Single digits. If they get roided out D hop back, they get Hollywood Brown, who's a, a glorified distraction on the football field. They keep A.J. Green thinking he's hurt, so he doesn't play. And you plug Greg Dorch in at wide receiver three. I want Wide receiver much- one, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> I want as much of that offense as I can get, brother. Get him to the one-yard line. James Conner can have three touchdowns. There's, there's enough. There's room at the table for everyone to eat in the Kyler-led offense. Um, maybe not at the end of October because cod's coming out but other than that greg dorch pick this guy up and just hope he gets traded because this guy's a wide receiver one anywhere in the league and that's just a fact at this point and you're forgetting about him which just makes me sick every time i don't think i'm allowed to review or preview the cardinals anymore lost that privilege he's got the he's got like a top five name in the nfl too dorch greg dorch dorch i think i'd skip it because i don't know how to say it I'm just kidding. All right. Falcons and Seahawks. Uh, again, I don't know who was tuning into this except for the guy that was flying his drone above the stadium. He was 
He was tuned in, ready to watch. Um, I liked how they like they're like, we're gonna pause the game for security, and then like all the players are on the sidelines. It's like if you're gonna be on the sidelines, just go play. Like, yeah, like if that guy's dropping a nuke into the stadium, like I don't think them not being between the sidelines is gonna freaking matter. I noticed that too. I was like, what are we doing? Like, if it, get him off the field then, or, like, just play. Plus, all the fans are in there still. Like, it, it didn't make any sense. They said the same thing happened the night before, and then it was one of the college's drones that was, like, supposed to be there. And they stopped the whole game for the drone that was supposed to be there. Anyways, that doesn't really have anything to do with the game. But, um, Drake London... I uh, like look. I'm looking at my preview for this game. I said Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Kyle Pitts revenge tour, best game of his career, 80 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, time to trade him high because he sucks. Uh, Drake London only got like 40 yards, but gets in the end zone. Um, looks like the real deal for this team. Cordero Patterson. Uh, continues to have the best season for any running back whose autograph can be bought for 499 US dollars on eBay. Um I don't I don't even know what to say about this guy. Like I guess just start him. Like I mean it was a good matchup. I don't I don't know what to say. Um Rashad Penny sucks. Uh didn't did Will Disley catch another touchdown? I'm pretty sure. Um, I the Seahawks. If he, if he caught a ball, it was probably a touchdown. I'm it's like the sure only time he, he ever catches the ball. Pretty sure he got a touchdown. Um, again, not very interesting. I had this game on the TV, and the only time I was paying attention was when there was like a security problem. So, if that tells you anything, it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, Disley did catch a touchdown. Hey, Disley, baby. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Kyle Pitts owner in our league traded him today. I I hate to say it, but that's probably not a bad move. Um, we were waiting for the pop-off, and I don't know if you can call this a pop-off, but, like, it's better than two catches for 19 yards. Um, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, uh think a lot of people were looking forward to this one it didn't really go that way unless you really like defense um luke you always take the packers game so i guess go for it well if you watched the first half of this game you thought aaron Rodgers was on dmt and perks because he was about he was like 12 for 12 to start the game are you and, suggesting he wasn't well I'm going to say it wasn't just because of the whole game. It wore off at halftime. Oh, okay. Well, you got to re-up, dude. Come on. He to do it like right before the game and right at half. But I digress. I mean, he he looked so good, and Brady looked decent. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan and you have anyone on their offense, I'd be worried. They look terrible. Um, Fournette. He's getting carries. Um, obviously, there was, all the receivers are either hurt or suspended. 
So, I mean, you'll have Mike Evans back this week. Godwin's questionable to come back. Um, Holio, shocker, is hurt. Um, so you have Russell Gage and Rashad Perryman as your receivers, and that's not really a good recipe for success. Um, obviously, Russell Gage had a good game. Um, Packers decide to always play zone defense, and I don't know why, so I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to get heated. But Jair's hurt, so that's fun. Um, but, yeah, they both had a decent game. It's not like either one of them played bad. Um, you had, If you had the Packers' defense, you're probably pretty happy. Um, they had two forced fumbles, an interception, three sacks. They were all over Brady. Brady was getting very upset, um, probably broke a couple tablets on the sidelines. Um, but I saw all these stories about how Tampa Bay's defense is for real this year, how they're so good this year. Yeah, they might be, but they still lost the game, so what's the matter? Um, you lose to – and I hate to say this, but our offense doesn't look good. The Packers' deep offense isn't very good this year. I mean, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, obviously, they're two great running backs, but in this game, they were held. Um, Jones had a fumble. Dylan had a few carries but couldn't really get anything going. Um, obviously, that has a lot to do with the Bucks defense. The Bucks defense is very good. But, I mean, the number one wide receiver in this game was Romeo Dobbs. He had eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. And if you actually watch the game and you're not just looking at the stat sheet, he did look really good. He had a few good catches. He's running routes against top corners and top safeties in the league. He's looking decent. Um so Rodgers might actually have found his go-to guy besides Alan Lazard. Um, so hopefully he can keep that up. But like I said, for the Bucks, Russell Gage, only touchdown. Bucks D, besides like the first half, they looked pretty bad. The Packers were moving the ball with the ease. Um, but towards the second half, they started to pick it up. And yeah, this game was very boring. As much as I hate to say it, I thought it was going to be very exciting but I'm just glad Rodgers beat Brady and I can be happy. Tough to fault Forget. Brady too much. Like you said, Russell Gage is your wide receiver one. Is Forgetting one person. The guy who Tom Brady feels like he's been throwing to for 20 years. Cole Beasley. Oh my God. <laughs> he's Wes Welker and Julian Edelman reincarnated. Yes. Like they were like, they signed... Cole Beasley, I'm like, they already have Scotty Miller. What do they need another sh- short white guy for? And Scotty like, Miller's yeah. actually fast, too. So yeah. Like, they're trying, to, they're trying to get enough of them that they can get Belichick to come there. <laughs> because he'll just be so excited about all the short want white wide receivers that, that he'll be like, yes, I will come coach. <laughs> uh, one, like, the next game is like, if you're like about to cross train tracks and there's like two trains on the tracks and they're going towards each other, like you know it's going to be terrible, but you just have to watch. That was like this game. Like I could have painted my living room and had more fun watching doing myself doing that. Um, Denver 11, San Francisco 10, difference maker, Jimmy Garoppolo takes a stroll out the back of the end zone for two points. Um, Allie, uh, what what was this game? 
The most exciting part of this game is that it was almost a scoregami. So this has happened one other time. Um, so we did miss the scoregami, but I would say that that was the most exciting part of this game. Um, is that, that was devastating for me. Yes. Uh, it was I a, thought for sure this was a scoregami, and then when I looked after the game and saw that it had happened one other time, I was I was very upset. Well, and there had to be like scoregamis in reach, like because of the weird score. Like like fourteen eleven or something would have had to be in reach. Yeah, there was like a, and they're saying that like the eleven ten, like the first time that happened was actually like the Steelers when they were playing the Chargers, and that it shouldn't have been eleven ten, should have been like eighteen ten because the Steelers scored another touchdown. But they that called was the game. Back. It was the game where they scored like right as time expired. It, I think it was like a garbage touchdown or something, yep. and for whatever reason they like didn't count it or blew the play dead or something like that. So like, yeah, we could have had Scorigami if not for the refs in 2005 that sucked even back then. Yep, yep. So, I mean, there's not much else to say about this game. It was really boring. Russ isn't back. I mean, Sutton, if you got him on your team, I mean, he'll get you some points, especially now that Judy's seems to be, I mean, he played, but he's he's injured. Um, Seems like Brandon Ayuk is the guy that Jimmy G likes to go to, but, I mean... I don't really know what that means because Jimmy G is the guy running out the back of the end zone. Um, it was a high IQ play. I don't know what you're talking about. That did, is true. He did save a pick six. He did save a pick six. He did Definitely save wasn't a pick intentional, six. but it's okay. Yeah, oh, that's what yeah. you think. Did you guys see Orlovsky on Twitter? He was Freedom. literally having best, he was having the best day of his life, but like. <laughs> If you watch the clip of his, it was so much worse. Like he was, he literally went like Mike Vick mode, like ten yards out of the back of the end zone, and then like didn't realize it until like he had already done the entire play that he wanted to do, and then he was like, "Shit, I was out of bounds." Yeah, so I think all that really did was like make Orlovsky's horrible play that like I know I had never seen before. Like that just resurfaced. So I was like, "Oh wait, even though Jimmy G's happened, this was definitely a lot worse." And I'm. Really glad that it resurfaced and I got to see it. Um, Jeff Wilson didn't have a bad... I mean, he didn't have a great game, didn't have a bad game, but did fumble right at the end that, you know, cost you some points in fantasy. But Javante Williams, okay. I mean, eh, not good. What, what Carter? It seems like you have something to say. Stop me if you've heard this before, but Javante Williams is a head and shoulders the best player on the Broncos offense and he doesn't ever get the ball ever yeah. and you score yeah. 11 points the one drive they handed him like five times in a row and they got like 30 yards and then they're like let Russ cook and it's like two raw hot dogs in a bowl of cornflakes like yeah all right man that's yeah. that yeah, was so the I'm, best part of the game is going on Twitter and seeing the let Russ cook memes. That's my favorite part. The hot dog <laughs> and the lucky charms. The NyQuil being poured on the steak or whatever oh, that shit. was. Yeah. <laughs> the the eggs and beans. It's like ugh. Um but yeah, I think I mean he's a great guy to have you on your team because eventually you hope the Broncos will figure it out, but then they did give away like five picks and three players for Russ. So eventually 
I mean, I guess they gotta let him cook until he makes something edible. <laughs> and my money game of the week, I loved the da- I love Dallas uh, plus money on the money line. I don't really like. I know that the Giants were two and zero, but like, would you have known that if you couldn't look it up? I don't think so. Um, Dallas wins this one, twenty three sixteen. Um, Ceedee Lamb snatches a mediocre game from the jaws of an amazing game. Had like a sixty-yard touchdown that could not have been placed any better, and he like tries to catch it with his elbow and just drops it. Um, salvaged it later with a great touchdown catch. Ends up, you know, I think I think calming down his owners a little bit. Um, in this one, um, Zeke finally finds the end zone. It's always nice when the second best running back on the team finds the end zone. Um, Tony Pollard is still significantly better than him. Um, at this point next year, like we should just be drafting Tony Pollard wherever Zeke is supposed to be drafted. Um, but he got a touchdown. He won me my week by .06. So like, I'm going to take it. Um, Noah Brown was kind of quiet. Still kind of feels like Cooper Rush really likes to look his direction. Um, Giants, it's... I mean, Sterling Shepard, I know people were picking him up like a PPR. He had some catches. He tore his ACL or something somehow at the end of the game while he was like walking off the field. Um, some about MetLife is terrible because that's happened to multiple receivers. Well, like the last drive, like three of them fell over. It's like okay, like <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how that happens. If you have, if you're playing in a three billion dollar stadium, but uh, they're tripping over the state lines. It's the New Jersey New York state line mm, that they all trip over. I see. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Saw the field and dropped a pass. Uh, that's your $20 million man, baby. Uh, that guy is terrible. I honestly, like, you could have, you could roster him in a deep league just, like, to have a mascot at this point. Like, at least if your team sucks, like, you have somebody to take it out on. Like, Kenny Galladay is, I don't. I don't actually know if it would be physically possible for them to get rid of him. Like, besides just cutting him and just telling him to leave, I don't think you can get a team to take him. Even at, like, a million-dollar cap hit. Like, nobody is even going to call. I don't know what to say about them. Saquon is back. Daniel Jones is not back. Um... Don't play anybody else. Uh, drop Kadarius Tony, even though he is the best player on their offense. That's not named Saquon Barkley by like a factor of seven. But uh, Dallas wins by seven, builds the bankroll a little for me, so I can put in some more long shot parlays that are guaranteed to lose this coming week. Um, let's go to some waiver pickups. Um, Obviously, like, I, I mean, this is the low-hanging fruit. Khalil Herbert. Like, the ideal situation is that your IQ is as high as mine and you pick him up last week. 
but like I know that for the overwhelming majority of people that's not within the realm of possibility so like you're gonna have to just make do with going and using your waiver wire priority on him um I mean he he has to be rostered just I mean look at the guy he's a top 10 running back in the league if he sees the field so we know Montgomery is injury prone so it's it's gonna happen and honestly with production like this in his absence like he's probably earned some sort of significant share of this backfield going forward and you're the bears so like if this guy's gonna keep going off like you're gonna have to give him the ball um another guy that went off on the bench um Mac Hollins. Um, I wouldn't get too worked up about this guy, but uh, 21.9 points in week three, Caleb. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, this guy just went bonkers. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but like uh, this was just his week for Derek Carr to decide that he was going to go off, so he was just going to throw the ball his way 15 times. Um I don't think this guy's worth an ad, certainly not worth using uh, waiver dollars or waiver position on. Um, he had 1.6 points in week one, 6.6 in week two, and then obviously blows up and goes for like 22 in week three. But the guy's only rostered in 3% of leagues. Um, it's unlikely that he's going to see that type of volume probably ever again in his career. Um unless he gets on the DeAndre Hopkins uh, training program. Um, I mean, they've got Devontae Adams. They've got Darren Waller. They've got Josh Jacobs. There's only one football to go around, and I can't see it finding Mac Hollins as much as it did this week uh, ever again. So I, I'm not picking this guy up. I think this is just one of those games we look back on um, at the end of the year, and we're like, huh, remember that time that Mac Hollins scored 22 points and week three but um i'm not interested in in like giving this guy a roster spot also worth noting hunter renford did not play so you're probably not he's probably not seeing the field much when hunter renford is actually healthy yep yeah <laughs> I, I mean i see that i i could also see like the fact that hunter renfro hasn't looked good this year at all so like maybe he does earn like that a little bit of that share maybe um but again i don't I, I would agree. I don't think this guy is the real deal. And, like, we're, like we're seeing with this Raiders offense, like, they're all almost, like, unplayable because you don't – they don't have, like, that consistent level of, of targets um, that you need to, like, make sure you get at least seven points. Like you said, I mean, you try to big brain and put Mac Hollins out there, it gets you two points. You just look like a jackass. So, um, uh, one – Jamal Williams, like, like, is there anything for me to say? <laughs> like, I, I'm just, mo- just move just, on. Like, kick me while I'm down, man. Like, just, I'm just not going to say it. Like, pick him up. Be that guy. Like, be a jerk. You know, have all your league mates hate you. Whatever, man. Like, I'm, I'm done with it. Um, Zay Jones, really interesting guy, like, plugging into that Jaguars offense, which is apparently goaded. Um, pretty sure he has higher targets per route run than even Christian Kirk, who's who's absolutely going off. 
um, so far this year. Luke, uh, what do you make of him? Are you looking to pick him up? Yeah, I mean, you saw in week, week even week one, he had six targets, 65 yards. So, yeah, the targets, or those were catches. I don't know how many targets he had. But um, that's a pretty good, that's a solid target uh, share for someone that, like, you're not hearing Zay Jones very often unless it was last year with the Raiders and he had, like, two big games. So, I mean, you see that he had 10 catches this game, a touchdown. Um, the thing with Christian Kirk is he's found the touch, he's gotten the touchdowns throughout the games with him and James Robinson. Um, honestly, Zay Jones is a solid, like, if you're in a super deep league, that could be like a three wide receiver league, a lot of people, and you need to stream someone a week and you see the Jags have a good matchup. Even so, we thought we'd, they had a bad matchup this week with the Chargers, and he still had a good game. So, I mean, if you're just seeing that and you really need someone, I would consider it. I mean, Christian Kirk, we did not expect to be like this. I mean, he was paid a lot of money for someone who was borderline wide receiver three on the Cardinals last year. Um, so you could see a lot of hit between him and Zay Jones. They could be splitting targets. So I don't think he's a bad pickup. Yeah, and this is like, like we touched on last week, like the two low-hanging fruits, which were Drake London and Garrett Wilson, but then we also said like, hey, you need to pick up Chris Olave now because this guy, everything is there for this guy. You need to grab him, and then what do you know? Like Next on our list is Chris Olave. He goes for 147 yards, a ton of targets again. Um, he's staying healthy in this banged-up Saints offense. Like, he's ready to go. Jameis is looking his way. And honestly, like, in all seriousness, like, if you're looking for a guy, like, if you had a receiver that has big play potential and gets open, you probably would want him to be on the Saints because Jameis doesn't give a crap. Like, he will just throw it down the field to him every time. 35 yards in the air, he doesn't care. That's fine. He'll he'll airmail that out. It gets picked. I mean, yeah, that sucks for James's stats, but it doesn't affect Olave. Um, 147 yards is a great week. And um, Zay Jones is, like, in that tier where everybody's going to be looking like, you know, what everybody does. Week three stats, leaders, go. Like, okay, I'll pick up this guy. Like, they're not looking at those things that, like, put you ahead of the curve like that. So pay attention to, like the like, this level of guy that you might even be able to pick up like without even using your waiver priority um or at least if you're eighth on the waiver wire you can pro you can almost guarantee get zay jones um and then next week if he produces again you don't have to worry about are you one on the waiver wire or whatever like a lot of these guys you're putting on your roster for a week or two so somebody that hasn't produced send them back out there like you can't be it's fantasy you can't have a guy on your roster for 10 weeks that's not doing anything um, you got to cycle through those guys and just hope you hit like at the right time for some of them. Um, another guy is David Njoku. Like, am I buying what David Njoku is selling? Absolutely not. Um, the Steelers are terrible. Uh, he hasn't done anything against anyone except the Steelers. Um, this was like a sleeper tight end that like everybody was high on. Like it was, uh, who was the other guy? It was David Njoku and, uh, Matt, 
Komet. Cole Komet, yeah, or uh, Austin Hooper. Um, people were picking up, and like they all got sent to the waiver wire like almost immediately because week one it was like one target each, and it was like okay, that's not gonna happen. Um, maybe like Brissett is starting to figure out that like hey, David Joku is enormous, and like let's just throw it over there and he'll grab it. Um, I because of the wasteland of tight end, I would grab this guy and put him on the roster. Um, he's probably better than whoever your backup tight end is right now. And certainly that upside potential is nice. Um, again, this might be tough. Like I could see this guy going to number one waiver priority in a lot of leagues, just because a lot of guys are desperate for tight end right now. Um, uh, Russell Gage, like, Again, not a guy I think you get overhyped about, but like this guy's still a streamer candidate for this coming week, right, Luke? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have Mike Evans play. So Mike Evans is obviously must start because that offense, besides Mike Evans, there's nobody. Um, but if you see that Godwin's still going to be out, and from what we've seen from Julio, he gets hurt every other week. So they're going to have to put someone in there and it's not going to be Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is only going to play that one game that they couldn't have Mike Evans. So you're going to have uh, Russell Gage out there. You're going to have Mike Evans and you're going to have Perryman. And that's pretty much the extent of it. As long as Godwin and Jones are hurt. So, I mean, if you see that uh, wide receiver two with Tom Brady throwing the ball, obviously Tom Brady hasn't looked good. Um, him and Giselle, obviously, that is affecting his play, regardless if you want to think it's a meme or not. It really is. Um, he hasn't looked very good, but obviously we've seen Tom Brady in the past. He'll probably turn up at some point. And for a wide receiver, too, on the Bucks offense we saw last year, you're gonna he's going to see targets. So it wouldn't be a terrible pick if you need someone to stream. Yeah, and I think, I mean... Don't spend fab on this guy. Don't use waiver priority unless, I mean, maybe if you're last in the league and you need a receiver terribly, like, okay, then stream him for, like, the next maybe two weeks. Maybe you sneak out a win. But um, I would be looking to add this guy after waivers clear just for free um, because he's, like, probably a two-week rental at this point in time. Um, Tyler Boyd, we touched on that. Uh Big touchdown catch kind of saves the week, Caleb. Like, what do you make of that? Yeah, he did have the long touchdown this week, but, like, this guy's kind of quietly putting together a pretty solid season for someone who's, I mean, squarely entrenched in that third option in the passing game for for Cincinnati. Um, We all know about Jamar Chase. We all know about T. Higgins. Um, but this guy's like having a pretty good season. He had 9.3 points in week one, uh, quiet week in week two, only 3.7. Um, and then you mentioned has a big, big week this past week, 16.5. He is owned in 67% of leagues. So probably is going to be tough to grab this guy. Uh, you'll definitely have to use fab or use, um, waiver position, uh, to get this guy, but he's probably worth picking up, particularly when you think about the fact that T Higgins is dealing with, uh, what I heard was a toe injury right now. Um, 
seems like they're not sure if he's going to miss time. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But um, we've seen these kind of things before and they tend to, at least in, if my memory serves me correctly, they tend to like linger around and be like these nagging things. Like you'll remember Aaron Rodgers toe injury that he played through, but like it bothered him for, I want to say like a couple months. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think you kind of look at that and you say like, if Higgins, if you feel like there's a chance that Higgins misses a chunk of time, this guy's definitely worth taking a flyer on because he's been productive in that number three role. Um, and if he slides up to number two, he probably sees a couple more targets every game and his production will probably go up. I mean, we know he's a good player. Um, he's been in the league for a long time. He's productive. Uh, he's got good hands. He's not going to drop a lot of balls. Um and you kind of saw some explosive plays from him this past week that uh, generally don't see. So, like, if he can add that to his game, too, um, I think this guy's definitely worth an add, particularly if you're looking for a receiver. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he can be he can be on your roster the rest of the season. Like, he's always going to be on the field getting a lot of, you know, significant snaps here. I mean, he's the, exactly. longest, the longest tenured receiver for the Bengals by a wide margin. Um, so it's not like he's going to go and see 30% of snaps in a week or something. Um, other guys, like we touched on already, Devontae Parker, like, don't get yourself too excited. 150 yards, like, this was a guy we drafted because he's the quote-unquote one in New England. He already hit the waiver wire pretty much everywhere. Like, I don't think he's, like, somebody you're going to be thrilled about, but if your team is terrible... Like, if you have, like, George Pickens rostered, like, I'd probably drop George Pickens and pick up Devontae Parker. Like, at least the target share might be there. Um, I mean, I don't think Pickens has 157 yards on the year yet. So, um, but I'm not I'm not going out of my way to make room for this guy. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is, like, I think a guy that you can pick up and hang on to for a couple weeks to see how things shake out. Like, we know the Packers don't really have their wide receiver one right now. I mean, okay, on the depth chart, it's Alan Lazard, but, like, that hasn't really shown up in the offense yet. Um, like you said, the Luke, the you, he passes the eye test in the game. He looks really good. He has, like, all the weapons you want he can go downfield like he runs like nice clean routes he can get open in the middle of the field um so like he as we're seeing with all the like rookie wide receivers this year like he could be like that number one guy for Aaron Rodgers like that's what it looked like this week um when Alan Lazard was healthy I know Alan Lazard caught the one touchdown but um seemed like Aaron was looking at Dobbs certainly more. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, again, this guy's like climbing up in points every week. The three points, five points, 16 points. Again, the usage isn't what you're hoping for there. Um, but maybe this week, like if you can, if he's there after waivers clear, maybe you can toss him in just to see what happens. But like, you're talking about a New England team that towards the end of the year last year ran it like 84 times a game. And like that's what you wanted to see in this backfield because if that starts happening, Damian Harris and Ramondre are both like instant like RB2, RB3 
fringe players. Um, 12 carries each, like, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to run this guy out there. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, again, really kind of a weird game. Like, all the receivers were, like, half dead. Um, I don't know if he, like, grew up in the heat or something and was better than the rest of them. But um, I'm not really interested here. Like, he has been involved, but when Diggs and Davis are both healthy, um, apparently throwing the Singletary out of the backfield is, like, a thing now. Um, I don't see you being able to run this guy out there unless it's a super deep league or, like, a plus matchup. And, like, uh, the other obvious one is Tyler Conklin, who quietly is, like, tight end, like, four or five, depending on your scoring. Um, You have to add this guy... I don't think you don't go too crazy. Like don't bid up your fab because Zach Wilson is going to come back and presumably not throw 53 times. Um, so I don't think you can expect this season long, which nobody was anyways. Um, but certainly a guy you, I would pick up if, especially if you're, if you're dying at tight end, um, I would definitely look at a Joku first just because, like I said, Zach Wilson is going to come back. They're going to play him, um, and nobody knows what that's going to mean. Um, but certainly Tyler Conklin's worth a worth a depth add. Um, going into Thursday night, pretty nice one on Thursday night. Uh, the Bengals are wearing the alternate whites uh, against the Dolphins. Um, man, I like those Bengals unis, but like they don't have any players that I like, so I can't really justify buying a jersey. Um, Bengals are actually favored in this one, which is kind of shocking to me. Like, I know they're at home, um, but the Dolphins are undefeated and just beat the Bills, who we thought were, like, the reincarnation of, like, the 16-0 and Patriots team. Um, over-under is 47 in this one. Um, for me, in this one, I'm, I'm looking at Jamar Chase. Um, we saw... Um, Bateman go huge against this, uh, Dolphins defense, um, in that wacko game. Um, and Jamar Chase is certainly that guy for the Bengals, um, that can go deep, catch those long touchdowns. And honestly, like if you're the Bengals, like you kind of have to be looking for that at this point, they've struggled on offense like tremendously compared to last year they're not really getting anything going which is pretty weird because it's like not it's it's the same offense like everybody is the same um so like oh they don't have chemistry like that doesn't fly they they it's the same guys um so i'm looking at at jamar chase i i don't think he's gonna go tyree kill and jalen waddle mode um but um i think he can easily get get a long score in this one or i mean we know at this point jamar chase doesn't need that um to produce um caleb i know you're looking for a guy on your roster that's been invisible so far this year yeah i'm I'm frankly just really hoping that cincinnati can get this run game going a little bit um as you mentioned it's like effectively the same roster as last year uh the team that went to the Super Bowl uh, and almost won the Super Bowl, except they spent like $50 million to revamp the offensive line. And 
frankly, it's looked worse than it has last year. Um, Burrow was obviously running for his life week one against Pittsburgh. They've cleaned that up a little bit, but it's still not great. Um, I think Joe Mixon is a premier back in the NFL. He's super durable. He's explosive. Um, just a very solid back that you can typically depend on to just stick him in your lineup and he'll get you 12 to 15 uh, like clockwork every week. That hasn't been the case at all so far this year. Um, he got like three points for me on uh, on Sunday, which was not great. Um, he hasn't really done anything all year. Hasn't found the end zone. He's averaging like 2.9 yards a carry, which is just terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for the Bengals to, you know, try to establish something in the run game. Mixon's dinged up a little bit. Uh, I think he tweaked his ankle, uh, on Sunday, but everything out of Cincinnati suggests that he's good to go. and He'll be suiting up in this one. Um, I'd expect Zach Taylor to try to get this guy going because you mentioned they're not having a ton of success on offense. Um, and I think like a guy like that, that, you know, what he's capable of at some point you have to make a, a, a concerted effort to like get this guy going. Um, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll see that happen sooner rather than later. And hopefully for, for me and, and other mix and owners, it's this week. Yeah. Only worry there is like, you're, I don't, you, you can't be sure that this is going to be a game where that's going to be an option the way the dolphins are playing. Um, I mean, it could be 21, nothing, in short order if you lose track of two of those guys on on the Dolphins offense um and certainly we see that sometimes with like young teams is like yeah they had a ton of success last year when they were like pretty much all new faces like nobody even knew who T Higgins basically was last year and then give teams like a year to watch tape of that and like they're gonna be able to figure out what you're doing and maybe that's why I'm not so concerned about Mixon because if the pass game gets going like it was last year, I mean, the field is going to open up like crazy, um, which is what you saw last year. Um, Allie, you're looking at a guy that I just got done talking about? Looking at Tyree Kill this week. Um, and for a couple reasons, I mean, this weekend, you know, it was a little quiet. It seemed like Tua was really throwing to Waddle. But another reason is Tua. I mean, he did not look – I mean, when he fell over this weekend, that was not great. And I don't know, you you plug someone else into that offense, you got to be able to get Tyreek the ball down the hill. I, or down the hill, oh my gosh, that's his name. Down the field. Um, if you can get him the ball down the field, I mean, that's when he's open. That's that's where you need to use him. And um, I'm a little concerned if Tua plays hurt or if someone else plays it, they're just not going to be able to get him the ball. But – um. I know a lot of people were upset that had him on on their roster this week. So hopefully he'll pull something out. I mean, the Bengals, their defense is good, but their secondary isn't the best in the NFL. So he should be able to beat them, um, especially pairing up with Waddle. But um, definitely interested to see him play this weekend, hopefully better than this weekend. Yeah, this is a classic game where, like, I have no idea what to expect because I want to say, like, Dolphins plus points is like the most free money I've ever seen, but like it just it feels like a trap so hard. Um, Luke, uh, you're looking at a guy I just mentioned as well. Yeah, T. Higgins, and 
honestly, in this game, I like T more than Jamar. Um, I'm not just saying that because I have him in my fantasy team. Um, you kind of saw last week, if you watched the game, Jamar got locked by Sauce Gardner. And not gonna, I'm, I'm going to go on a little spiel about Sauce Gardner. He is the real deal. If you've watched any of the Jets games and you watched him in college, he is disgusting. Um, now, obviously, you have a corner like Xavier Howard in Miami. And obviously, you talked about earlier, Bateman had that big play. But other than that big play, Bateman didn't really do anything. And I'm not sure who was on Bateman for that play. Um, depending on what kind of defense Miami plays in this game, I feel like you're going to see a lot of Xavier Howard on Jamar Chase. And a lot, last week, too, you saw T. Higgins kind of be the premier target. Um, he was the one running the longer post routes. He was getting up the field running the out routes where Jamar Chase is getting screens and making plays for himself, where we saw last year more of the opposite. Jamar Chase was going downfield getting those big touchdowns. Um, and we're not really seeing a lot of that this year so far. Um, I'm not sure if that's just because the offense hasn't gotten to go besides last week or what it is. Um, but Jamar's just kind of trying to make plays. And I think if you're looking for a more consistent, maybe a little more volume, you kind of look T. Higgins' way because he's getting the targets when he's on the field. Obviously, he's been a little banged up, so you might want to monitor that. He gets banged in the head every single play but um yeah I think he's just been more consistent this year and I think eventually like last week he had a touchdown that was borderline a touchdown that got called back um and he was just that much away from a big game so I I, I like T Higgins in this game yeah somebody who like chronically clowned on T Higgins last year because of like the whole pff rank seven thing <laughs> like pff adam is the seventh receiver in like week 10 and we're like okay but like he's not the seventh best receiver but like he is the real deal in the nfl like he is able to produce on a, on a weekly basis like i'm not gonna pretend that that's not the case um we've seen it for for plenty long enough to know that this guy's like a rock solid wide receiver too um, and like you said, there there is that big play potential against the Dolphins. We saw that multiple times. Um, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to run it up the middle for an 80-yard touchdown, but, uh, I mean, hey, you never know. Um, that's all for this episode. Um, we'll be back later in the week. We'll talk about um, all of week, what is it, four? We got a Sunday morning game um, this week. That's on NFL Network, so make plans accordingly for that. You don't want to miss a free three hours of football. Um, uh, you can check out our socials there. You can send us your questions uh, Sunday mornings or um, for Q&As on our episodes. Um, and we will see you later in the week for week four. Good luck on the waiver wire.